Welcome to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is yourself, your nerdy tutor George, and with me here today, JoJo Enthusiast, my little brother. Why, thank you very much. So, we're doing something a little bit different because Mom is away at the moment. She is traveling the world as much as it is that she can. And today I thought we'd talk about something that was... Probably a little more poignant to my little brother on a couple cases, but very poignant to me as well. <coughs> We're going to be talking about Power Rangers. But <laughs> as a tangent, though, to get to Power Rangers, we actually have to talk about some Toei's Super Sentai series. But even before we get to Super Sentai, which is what Power Rangers is based off of, we actually have to talk about Kamen Rider. And at one point, we have to talk about Spider-Man. Oh, the original, the, the, uh, yeah, I got you, I okay. got you. so, my little brother is a professional Green Ranger cosplayer. He's got the suit, he's got the helmet, he's got the boots, he's got the dagger. You've got a morpher too, I presume, right? Yeah, well, and I'm also trying to work on starting to get another suit to my repertoire, but that would be for, like, the go Ongers. Like, okay. go on Gold. Go on Gold's got such a nice suit. It's okay. That's all right. So, my little brother is well familiar with Sentai and Power Rangers. Probably more Power Rangers than Sentai, I would imagine. But you've delved mm. enough into Sentai to... The Power Rangers to be able to know what Sentai is and to get there. I'd actually say I'm a little bit more versed in Super Sentai now than Power Rangers. Okay. Well, that's fair. All right. So, let's start off with our tutorial. Because we're going to have episodes to watch. And while these episodes are not English... They're not available in a classic English format, they are available online through um, torrenting sites. And in particular, we have uh, TV Nihon, which is a translation group that primarily does dramas, Super Sentais, Common Writers, things of that nature. And so I will post a link on our website here for how to get to that and link it to what we're doing and then also what you are going to be watching here this week. Because we've got... I basically have eight episodes of, of a series of two different series for you to watch, so four episodes each. But okay. I'm not going to tell you what they are yet because I want that to be interesting. So, to even start talking about about any of these series, we're actually going to need to dive into Japanese manga a little bit. I'm and, intrigued, and like a lot of good things, they all start with Osamu Tezuka, which is the grandfather of all anime and all manga. For he is the man who created Astro Boy. Um, in particular, who we need to talk to here about today is we need to talk about Shotaro Ishino Mori. And Mr. Ishino Mori is the father of, of a very popular manga series called Cyborg 009. You may have seen variations on this. They're usually red suits, kind of a little Nazi esque looking almost, but they all have different kind of secret powers. Um, they originally were just humans that were kidnapped by an evil organization and turned into cyborgs, thus, and there's nine of them in total, thus Cyborg 009. Very, very popular series. He continued drawing it from 1963 up to 1984. Hot damn. So almost for over 21 years while doing a lot of these other projects. So keep that in mind. He was the, he was an assistant to the legendary... Osamu Tezuka, which again is the grandfather of most anime and manga as we properly know it these days. Um, what really started this movement? Now, Tokusatsu is, is primarily a series which is basically live-action 
with special effects. It's kind of the way that's described in Japanese culture. It's, you know, it's basically a tokusatsu series is Godzilla. Mm. At the end of the day, because it's got special effects. And now, my, now keep in mind, when you think special effects, it's not fireworks and computer graphics. It's, there was a suit. That's a special effect at the end of the day. That's not a typical thing you would have. Fair point. So keep so that's what tokusatsu really means. And so what really started this off here was that in 1970, uh, Ishinomori created a manga called Skullman. Now, it was weirdly popular for this one-shot volume of this manga that he created in 1970. That they wanted to make a follow-up to that. They wanted to, he wanted to make it into an anime, but they told him no because Skullman killed innocent people. You know, for for his vengeance and for lust, um, and a lot like in a lot of Ishinomori series, you know, it's a good guy that's captured by the bad guys, turned into a cyborg of some kind, and then rebels or gets loose and goes back to fight the bad guy again. Because that was kind of a popular theme for for back in the seventy, for back in the sixties and seventies. Um, so what ended up happening though is that when you look at Skullman. He couldn't get it into an anime, so he was going to do it as a live action. And what ended up happening was that, well, you couldn't make it into a live action version due to the way the story was written. What he was able to do is he was able to modify it into what we know nowadays as the original Common Rider. So, hmm. as a brief kind of, um, so, what is Common Rider? Common Rider is the which is kind of like the big step big brother to what would be what we consider Super Sentai series because Kamen Rider is actually an attempt at a team based Super Sentai yeah so I believe the first season was in 1979 if I recall correctly um of part of uh, Super Sentai was actually 1975 1971 would be Kamen Rider gotcha so one year after Skullman got produced we had Kamen Rider so the original series um, as it took place, was um, there was a gentleman by the name of Takeshi Hongo who was kidnapped and experimented by the villainous organization Shocker, made up of former Nazis. Because again, we're thematic, and, and keep in mind that Japanese don't have quite a negative affinity for Nazism sort of related stuff as, as a lot of the West does. Um, so you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt when you watch it, that you got to remember that. Japanese don't see it the same way that we do here in the West. Um, as a result of being kidnapped and turning into a mutant cyborg and attempting to brainwash him, Hongo escapes and modifies his uh, modifies his um, ability modifies himself to become a grasshopper themed because grasshoppers are very important to Common Rider, and becomes Common Rider or Master Man or Master Rider as it's known in Japan as Master Rider as you would translate it. Uh, what's interesting about the very first series is that by episode 10, they had to replace the Common Rider. So the original first Common Rider, again, Takeshi Hongo, um, they did all their own stunts in the, in the beginning. So if you were the, if you were the suit, if you were the actor, you were also the suit actor as well. Nowadays, you know, it's usually somebody completely different that does the suit acting versus the actual actor. Um, and he actually was doing a bicycle stunt and broke both of his legs. And so he was replaced with another guy, kind of similar background, in Hayato Ishimo, Ishim, Ishi, Ichimonji. 
who also escaped Shocker, he was then also became Common Rider. And to differentiate to Hongo is Common Rider one, um, Hayato Ichimonji is Common Rider two. And so by the time Common Rider one came back, um, they had basically continued on with both of them there up to a certain point for for the remainder of the initial run. Um, this initial season is probably the longest of Common Rider series. It's at ninety eight episodes, so about yeah, two years. Right. So about two years worth of material there. Um, and it would start in what we would call the Showa era. Now, unlike Super Sentai, which um, d- doesn't really divide itself by what era it was shot, which it was developed in, um, Kamen Rider does for one reason or another. And so, here's a weird tangent. Do you know why it's called the Showa era? I'm trying to remember, because I remember there's the Showa era, and there's the Heisei era, and I think there's one more. Yes, but... there's the Weirdwa era, which is what we're currently in. Yeah. So, what ends up happening here in Japanese conventions, as it were, is that um, the previous emperor, once he dies, and a new emperor is selected, the next era's name gets kind of decided shortly thereafter. And the era's names are kind of roughly translated to what they want the era to be at a certain level. Um, and so the Showa, Showa, Emperor, the Showa era of Japanese culture takes place with Emperor Hirohito when he dies in 1989. He is, um, or, or excuse me, rather, is Emperor Hirohito. This is the period in which he's basically ruling. This is also the same guy that was during... World War One and World War Two as well, because he came into power in 1926. Hmm. Um, if you can imagine, do you remember? Um, do you remember the Last Samurai? Yes. Okay, so you remember the Emperor in that movie, right? Yeah, that's supposed to be Hirohito. Gotcha. Okay, so it's supposed to be Emperor Hirohito. Now, mind you, when you are the Emperor in Japan, you're not re- you're not known by Emperor Hirohito or Emperor Showa or anything, you're actually known as His Majesty the Emperor, or, you know, his reigning emperor. Well, it's sort of like the Queen, right? Yeah, but, you know, we don't, you don't, you know, but in this case, you would still announce her, you know, Queen Elizabeth. We wouldn't do that. You would just announce her as the Queen. Kind of like a Beyonce sort of thing, just a single name. Gotcha. Um, what ends up happening in Japanese culture is that as soon as the Emperor dies, his name is posthumously changed to whatever era he was in. So Emperor Hirohito ended up becoming Emperor Showa upon his death in 1989. Is there any particular reason for that or logic? Not necessarily reasoning for that, but is there any particular meaning behind the word Showa for that? There is. Showa is a part of a poem that was back in the the day. There's also that same poem is where we get the Meiji era from, which is kind of the 18... The mid, the uh, late, the seven, like 1870s through early 1900s. So the Meiji era was also like a Reconstruction era as well, so that's how it's properly known in Japanese. Um, but the Showa itself comes from a poem, and when roughly translated, it means enlightened peace, or it also can be read as being uh, radiant Japan. Okay. So there's a meaning behind it, and then there's other meanings behind that, the other names as well. And I'll go over those later when we get to those. So, when we get to the Showa era, we had a number of different shows produced between 1971 and 1976, all common Rider series, and we get a couple different writers, such as V3, which was another common Rider. We get common uh, Rider X, Amazon, Stronger, which has the look of a Kabuto, which is the rhinoceros horn beetle, kind of 
very popular in Japan. Um, but not Kamen Rider Kabuto because that comes later. Yes, but it's the same, literal, almost the same helmet, almost. Oh. Not quite, but similar theming. Um, the show would end up taking a couple, would take a couple years hiatus to produce Hitsumatsu Sentai Gorenja, which is the canonical... Number one, yeah. Which, mind you, wasn't canonical until 1995 with O-Ranger, because back in the day, it didn't have a mecha in it. So it wasn't considered canonical until 1995. The, the other title would have been um, Battle Fever J at that point, which would have been number one. But we'll get to Super Sentai here in a little bit. Because I recall correctly, I think Battle J Fever J is like either number two or number three. Uh, three. Yeah. Jack would be number two. That's right. Yes, that weird that weird BS. I actually have something very interesting about Battle Fever J when we get to Sentai, so you'll enjoy that. <laughs> Um, so it took a couple. It took a couple year break, but it came back in 1979 with Skyrider, which was supposed to be a retelling of Common Rider One, oh. the first series, but didn't go so well. Um, and then we also get Super Did that guy One. break his legs too? No, but it just it was not as well popular as other as the others. Gotcha. We did get Super One and ZX, um, and then we take a couple more year break um, until 1987, which we get probably the most famous Showa era. Common Rider outside of the first, which is Common Rider Black and its direct sequel, Common Rider Black RX. Now, what's interesting about Common Rider Black RX is it's one of the first time. Now, Black itself. Now, the earlier series all had the same bad guy in Shocker. Shocker tried this experiment a couple times. You'd think they would stop after a couple times, realizing that it didn't work. But Common Rider Black was one of the first was one of the first series that established itself as kind of being. Shocker is not the bad guy. It was also one of the first series that had an immediate direct sequel in Kamen Rider RX. Or Kamen Rider Black RX. Um, and it's considered one of the more popular Kamen Rider series of the Showa era. Um, incidentally, Kamen Rider Black RX came over to America as Master Rider, which was an attempt to gimmick the same magic that was Power Rangers back in 1995. Well, and they, they were also having a whole bunch of other stuff going on at the same time, too. They were trying to do VR Troopers, Beetleborgs. Yes, we'll get to all those here as well. But yeah, they, there, there was a formula, and they, try, they thought, surely this will be another great formula. And no, you can only strike magic so many times in a bottle. Um, once Kamen Rider Black RX ended... The Common Rider series would kind of lay dormant for about a decade or so. Um, it's often uh, was very much elastated or continued through CD drama CDs, which were a very popular element in Japanese culture of having audio dramas, and then um, also very pop it also did a lot of stage plays as well. So stage performances at like fairs and um, uh, things like that. So, when we get to the Heisei era, this is what I consider my common writers' eras. Um, Heisei being for uh, Emperor Akihito, which took into power from 1989 recently until, 19, until 2019. So he stayed in power for 30 years. He's one of the first emperors to ever um, abdicate his throne to his son. Because typically you rule until you die, he decided to abdicate to his son. Any particular reason behind that? Um, I did not read more into that, although I very well could have. Maybe I'll put it on the website when we when I a little bit later. Um, but Emperor, uh, but Heisei meaning peace everywhere. 
So that's why the Hesse era. Um, and again, upon uh, upon uh, Emperor Akihito, Akihito's death, he will now be he will then be remembered as Emperor Hese. So again, the naming conventions there. Um, so originally, what the intention was is that um, Shotaro Inishinomori wanted to make a twenty. It wanted to make a thirtieth anniversary show for Common Rider. Um, to kind of rebuild it to be what it is. Um, he started it in 1997. Um, the show wouldn't premiere until 1999, but unfortunately he died, you know, in 1990. Uh, he died when he was 60, I believe, in 1998. Or... No, not just this. Yeah, 19, uh, 1999, excuse me. He died in 1999... The series that he attempted to create and was successful in doing was Common Rider Common Rider Kugia. K U U G A premiered in January thirtieth, two thousand, and would have ended in two thousand one on the thirtieth anniversary of Common Rider. And the Hisei area is kind of a well known era of Common Rider in itself. We get a lot of great series, one of my favorites, um, in Common Rider Kabuto, which I think is a Good, good common writer to get into if you want to see kind of what common writer is like as a whole. It's very basic and simple, but I love the protagonist because he's such a dick. Because he's, a, I, I don't mean he's a dick in that way, but he's very much aware that he's better than everyone else, and kind of makes a point of saying it all the time. He likes to spout off phrases from his grandmother that are somewhat very poignant to whatever's going on with him. Um, another great series you can start off with if you like, if you want to see if you're interested in Common Rider, might be Common Rider Deno, though, uh, which would premiere directly after Common Rider Kabuto. Deno's a lot more lighthearted, and it actually was very popular in Japan. Um, so there's that. Um, so there was a number of different series during the this what we call the Heisei era phase one. We had also the rebirth of the Common Rider, the first movies which were taking the older actors from the 1970s and are the same, the characters from the 1970 series, you know, aging them to be about 40, 45 years old, giving them their common Rider powers back and redoing the common Rider story all over again. Did they use the same actors? No, because if you use the same actors, they would have, you know, maybe 25, they would have been in their late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. So um, I think for, I think they got... To use the same guy that was Common Rider Black RX or Black and RX, uh, which would have been very cool as well. Um, but these movies have a very have a very adult, dark tone to them. They're awesome. They're well worth it if you enjoyed the if you enjoyed Common Rider. If you want, if you don't want to see like a lighthearted Common Rider, this is a very violent Common Rider. Um, people often fight without their masks, which is awesome all the time because you get to see the actual actors fighting and they're good at it um this series is also kind of hallmarked with a lot more theming now super sentai series had not had been a lot of theming in themselves especially after we get into the 80s because they started having more slightly different theming um and started being less about a military organization and started having just their own individual organizations or abilities um 
But Kamen Riders were very prevalent. They were in TV shows, manga. They had movies. Um, it was also it's also a nice series because every year there was a new Kamen Rider series, much of the same vein of Super Sentai. Um, and what was great about the end of um, the first Heisei era is that you got capped off by Kamen Rider Decayed, which was a almost retrospective of the other series because it basically had a Kamen Rider that went through alternate worlds of the last nine major writers and other uh, legacy writers from the Showa era and basically got to go, basically you got to see like a who's who of every writer that existed. So it was really cool for what it was. Super Sentai did something similar in 2012 for their 35th anniversary. Yes. And we'll, we'll talk about, well, yes. It was very cool, but they had, a, they had a very cool theme to it, too. Uh, when we get to the Heisei, the second phase of the Heisei era, um, the showrunners basically said, no, we got about another decade worth of other shows we want to do. Um, and phase two continued a lot in the same way that the first series did. We had... Um, for example, here we had Common Rider Double. It was the first time in which we had two people turn into one Common Rider, which is an interesting notion at the end of the day. Um, we also have Common Rider Wizard, which is one of the, which is the first actual purely magical Common Rider series. Other Common Rider series before this had sci-fi sci sort of elements to them or had some sort of mechanical element to them. They're all very just technological in nature. In in nature. Maybe not necessarily essence, but nature at the end of the day. Wizard was the first one entirely based on magic, or fantasy magic for that matter as well. Um, and then much like Kamen Rider, much like the Heisei Era 1 and Heisei Era 2, we got to finish with Kamen Rider ZO, which was in the same, same events to Decayed. He went to alternate versions of Kamen Rider's and got their powers. But in this case, instead of going to alternate worlds, he time-traveled back in time. So, that was interesting. I'm trying to remember which one was took took the uh, the game Fruit Ninja a little bit too seriously. Ah, that would be Kamen Rider Gaim. That's right. Yes. Well, that, I'll get to that one here. <laughs> I, I, I have an interesting thing to say about that one. I haven't um, seen it. I just, rec I just recall studying each individual one and... I just recall that one sticking out to me just because it's like, wow, this one's based off of fruit. You got oranges, and then you got an evil version of him, which is a blood orange, and it's just like, hmm. I know. That's, it's cheesy. I'm not, I'm not sure if I love it or if I hate it. Oh, trust me, you would love and hate it at the same time. I remember watching and thinking, dear God, there are... Okay, you may not remember it, but do you remember the movie Step Up? Yes. There are step-up style dance gangs. Oh, oh! That that's fight each right. other I with dance, and somehow you've got fruit samurai. Yeah. I don't quite know how to explain it properly. You have to watch it to believe it that they mix these elements together. Um, after Kamen Rider ZO, we have Kamen Rider Z01, which is the first start of the Renwa era. Now, Renwa being the current emperor, Emperor Naruhito, you'll notice that a lot of these emperors all have Hito at the end of their name, which is kind of a semi popular sort of element. Um, Renwa meeting Beautiful Harmony. And um, again, started in 2019, and so Kamen Rider. Uh, Zero One, which did start in September of 2019, is the first series to start in the Rewa era. 
Uh, Kamen Rider Zio would have been finishing up uh, right in the middle because uh, Emperor uh, Naruhito didn't take um, didn't become the emperor until May first of two thousand of two thousand nineteen. So he's actually coming up on his one year anniversary soon. Woohoo! Here's another interesting, cool Japanese naming convention. When they go through their years, this year right now would be Redwa One, and the year before two thousand nineteen up until up until the end of two thousand nineteen would have been Hese um, Hese Thirty. So each year the emperor rules up until the end of the calendar year is considered that particular year. So you might see if you were to go to a um, on a job application, you might see somebody who types who who put in like Showa sixty six or something. So that was not unco- that's not uncommon in that sort of element here. Huh. Um, here, so we've been talking about common writers. What is a common writer? Basically, it's a mass superhero that rides a motorcycle. And there's been different motorcycles. Originally, they were dirt bikes. They've been choppers. They've been, uh, eight, you know, I've seen a couple of the ATVs. There was one show where it was a car, which is not correct. Which one was that? Common Rider Drive. Oh, wasn't he? I don't even think it was just that. They had the cars. Car didn't they turn in, but didn't they turn? In, didn't they merge with the cars? No, or something? no, 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 no. But you could turn. But you got the the power up in that series was you got different cars. You put them into your thing, and it gave you new tires. Okay, no, that, that that's the element that I'm referring to. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about what a common rider is. The first thing you have to have is um, also common rider is also the first series to popularize the word henshin as a transformation phrase. Henshin being change or make up or kind of just to change yourself. Um, a lot of other shows would have something similar that they do. Like Sentai has a different kind of word every single time they do it. Um, Sailor Moon, you know, popularly, popularly says make up. You know, another series in which would have a transformation often say Henshin first. Commoner is the one that, that basically did that. And how do you henshin? Why? With your rider belt. All common riders have a rider belt. It's a belt that goes around their waist, it does something weird, and it makes you transform. Without the rider belt, you are useless. You can't call upon your powers. Now, in some cases, there have not been rider belts. And those shows were horrible. Hey, Kabuto, like, not the main character in Kabuto, but the other side... You know, and no, 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 no. writers. The main, no, no. As long as the main writer has a writer belt, it's fine. Gotcha. I'm talking about um, common writer Hibiki, where the guy blew into a f- blue. You know, would take a like a tuning fork sort of thing with a weird symbol at the end of it, ping it. Oh, that's right. That entire season, everyone had different instruments. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it was Japanese oni musical instruments. So. Um, the writer belt, again, is a very popular thing, and then every writer always does something special when they do it. Um, whether it's waving your arms around in some sort of way, my favorite, which is Common Rider, O's has like this cool sort of element where he puts his three transformation devices into his belt, kicks it up, and then slides something through. It's really cool. Common um, Rider uh, Black did something with, weird with his arms... And then with Henshin, um, everybody's got a motorcycle, like I said before. Um, starting with Common Rider Black RX, 
you'd have writers start having alternate forms. And with Common Rider Kugia, you'd actually start having writers with what they called ultimate forms. So this was like their final form that they needed to do whatever it is they needed to do to beat the bad guy. For Kuya, didn't they have, um, if I recall correctly, isn't that the one where they had not quite spirit animals, but like, I'm trying to think how to properly phrase it. Kuga didn't have animals so much as he had different colors. He had a default red form, or he no. started with a white form and then he got to a basic red form, which was a all-purpose form. He got to a green form which had a sword he got uh, got to a purple form which had a um axe and he got to like a blue form that had kind of a gun well no, i just and during, don't quote me on that because it's been a while since i've seen it well no, during, during the heisei era there, there was i do recall one show where essentially they had sort some sort of partner that was the one that gave them the common writer powers um that would be um common writer o's no, not O's. No, before that. Um, I, recall one, oh, I recall an example one being like Coleman Rider, like Zolda. Uh, was it a bat? No, because that's Common Rider Kiva. That's true. I'll figure it out. I don't remember other series before that. Common um, Rider O's is the one I remember distinctly because um, there was three special transformation elements elements that you needed to transform and his partner held all those items before he ever before the common writer ever did so he's very reliant on his partner to give him his transformation abilities um oh, here we go Kugia. Um, and now mind you much in the same way mom discovered that there is a gundam wiki that has far too much information on gundam there is a common writer wiki with far too much information on common writer and super sentai oh and super sentai too absolutely there's a wiki for everything, as there should be. As there as there always was. Um, so yeah, so there was his mighty form, which was a red form. This is kind of an all-purpose sort of form for Kugia. I um, found it out. Common Rider Ryuki. That's the one I'm talking about. He didn't get his powers from somebody else. He got his power from cards and mirrors. No, no. There were beasts in the mirrors, though. Like, in yes. the cards, though. That's what I was talking about. Ah, uh, okay. Well, then you would love Common Rider Blade, then. So, as I was saying... Each Common Rider series also has a um, unique theme to it. Um, but before that, excuse me, I got sidetracked here. Um, after the motorcycles, every episode in Common Rider actually is two episodes, much like this podcast. So every two episodes is basically one major episode. Because usually the bad guy that's in the first episode doesn't get defeated until the second episode. So it's always like a, you know, to-be-continued episode, basically. Um... What's interesting about Common Rider series, a lot like Super Sentai, is that the previous season has no bearing on the future seasons. So, as an example here, if you go into a Common Rider show, you don't have to worry about... If you go into, like, Common Rider Kabuto, you don't really need to know or worry about what happened in Common Rider Kugia or Hibiki, or you don't need to remember that whatever happened in Common Rider Kugia in Kabuto will actually matter in Deno, which is the next season as an example. Um, and so with every writer, every writer season comes unique themes, and or usually at least some sort of theme for the masked writer. And a lot of the Showa era stuff was fairly typical. I mean, grasshoppers and other bugs were very popular. Um, Out of curiosity, is the grasshopper like a particularly like 
interesting bug in Japan, similar I to the Kabuto? I don't know. I think it was more or less that just that you had these big kind of big eyes and these antenna on it that was really just kind of what um, was very popular back in the day for whatever reason. It's still, still, you still see it in some places, but not all the time. Yeah, you still uh, see the motif. Yeah, the motif is very popular in Kamen Rider series. Um, it's not until we really get to Kamen Rider, to the Hesei area of writers, that we actually start getting like full unique themes. So as like an example, like Kuga is supposed to be the 30th anniversary, um, kind of a reinvention of what Kamen Rider was. Um, Agito was the first Kamen Rider series to have multiple writers in the same show. Before that, it was always just the one Kamen Rider. Agito had four main writer, had one main writer and three backup sidekick writers. Um, there was also one of the first ones in which they showed different elements of Kamen Rider. So one of them which had a mechanical theme, one of which had a kind of a biological theme, one of them literally had a semi-mystical theme, sort of. There was a, a variety of them there. Uh, we get to Kamen Rider Ryuki, Ryuki which is, revolves around mirrors and a battle royal system. I also believe it revolves around the 12 signs of the Zodiac, but... That ended uh, up being like 13 riders. Yeah, but, and again, because it's not exactly the um, Zodiac wheel at the end of the day. Although yeah. there's a number of animals from the Zodiac that appear on there. Um, Kamen Rider Faz, which is um, supposed to be a Greek letter at the end of the day, which... In, when you look for it, it's Kamen Rider 555 for Fies, F-A-I-Z. Yeah. No, it's supposed to, Yeah. I always feel weird whenever I hear the word, like, fi, like five, just, it, it, not even here, but, like, in college, I was in Greek life, I was in a, it was in two fraternities, and one of them was Phi Delta Epsilon. It's like, no, it's not pronounced right. No. As, as a proper Greek man, how do you say it correctly? Phi. Fee? Yeah. Okay. Well, do you I, not remember Greek school? No, because I never went to Greek school. They me Latin Lenica? Nope. Oh, well then. I was one of the weird kids. Well then, be that way. I did. It was yes. Um, we get in, so next one after that was another great series, Common Rider Blade, an amazing for an amazing opening that was just static poses of them on stages with a camera moving around and these lights flashing everywhere. It was seizure-inducing, but so 80s and 90s kind of style. Um, Kamen Rider Blade I like because it um, partly revolves around uh, Zodiac animals, but also with playing cards. So eventually the final power is the king form. In his transformation, he has a special card he has to use to transform. It's the ace. And there's four riders in there, each with a different suit. So you have the diamond set, you have the heart set, you have the club set, and you have the spade. I do recall that. So, it was very fun. Um, after that, we have my least favorite common uh, Rider, common Rider Hibiki, which is based off of Japanese oni and musical instruments. One, uh, it's not a bad idea when you put it on paper, but, like, actually watching it is... It didn't have a writer belt. That's the problem. The, main, the guy's main weapon was drumsticks. Now, I don't have a problem with drumsticks, but another guy's main weapon was a trumpet. Another guy's was a guitar that doubled as a battle axe. The show was weird. Um, we get to one of my favorite common Riders, but I like this show more because it's a good introduction to what I think common Rider should be and can be in Kabuto. I love common Rider Kabuto. Um, after that, we get the very beloved common Rider Deno. 
And Deno is mostly beloved because of its time travel elements and um, its wordplay. A lot of a lot of the show is very much based off of what you need to know about Japanese humor. If you don't already know this, is that they love their um, they love their comedy in such a way where like two words mean the same thing or sound very similar to one another. Um, it's a very popular sort of thing. So it'd be as if like I said, you know, oh, we need to go to the board, to the board. Yeah, we need to go to the boardroom. This room's full of nothing but, but pieces of wood in it. So, as an example. So, uh, they, they love their literal humor. Uh, the next one I like a lot is Kamen Rider Kiva, although it's dramatically boring and a lot... It, it loses a lot of certain elements to it when you consider that... Uh, it takes place in two different time, play, time frames. One in the past and one in the current. But the suit is so cool! Yes, because it's based off of... Hollywood monsters, stained glass, and vampires. And Kiva violence. stands for King of Vampires. He just—he's—it's a Dracula common writer, and it's so rad. It's really cool, but it doesn't save. It's, it's not its saving grace when you remember that of two episodes, half the bullshit is about a person that doesn't really take matter at the end of the day, you know, and his and his dad, who is supposed to be very important to his son. They never interact until midway, th until like almost later in the season, and the dad doesn't have meaningful adventures at all. Oh. So, I mean, that's my problem with Kiva. And then we can move on to De Decade, which is the 10th anniversary of the Heisei era. It revolves around going to alternate Kamen Rider series and photography. Um, his literal writer belt looks like a old-style, like, camera. And not like a... 1990 sort of camera, but more like a 1950s style camera, like an old box kind of camera. Yeah. We get to phase two. We've got Common Rider W. That's two writers in one. Uh, I was also one of the first writers to do a mix and match series, um, and so the notion was is that there were each side had so there was two sides that really cut right down the middle, a right side and a left side. What I loved about that show was that the writers' names. Uh, one was named right, one of them literally, if you translate the name, was translated to left. And the other kid who was named Philip, whose real name was Laito, which is right, if you, if you pronounce it really horribly. So there was the, and he was on the right side. So one guy was on the left and another guy was on the right. See how much of Japanese love yeah, their literal humor? Yeah. Um, each one of them had three different uh, uh, forms that they could take on. I just call their main one being the green and black one. Yes, green and black, which is a, which is not a very which was not a common color scheme at the at, at the time. Um, which and again, because one side's bright green and the other side is like jet black, and because they had three different ability, three different kind of forms each, they could mix and match to have nine different in total. Um, we get to Common Rider O's, which was another one of my favorites. I like this one because it's very silly and funny, but it's got a really kind of cool, long-running story. Um, it's revolved around animals, metal coins, vending machines, and it was a mix and match of three. So we had a head form, a chest form, and a leg form. Um, I should also mention that Common Rider W had a theme of USB sticks. Oh, that's right. I do, I do remember that. Common writer Forze. You know why he's called Forze? He is the 40th anniversary of Common Rider. Guess what his theme was? Mix and match four. So what he would do is that um, he could attach what they called Astro switches 
different ones. So one was to his right uh, That's arm. Right. This is the space one. This is one about space. Um, he had a right arm. He had a left arm. He had a right leg and a left leg and different switches. He turned on different things. His head was a straight up cartoon rocket ship. He had over forty switches, ten for each, uh, ten for each appendage, and like half of them were not ever used. That's one of the few common writers I recall like looking at, and just like wow, that just looks weirdly bulky. Plus the main, plus well, it's it's kind of bulky, but at the end of the day here as well, the main hero has the traditional gangster haircut too. The stylized, overly gelled pompadour. Of course, I love that haircut. And what was great about it too is that it didn't fit the character at all. The character was a super bubbly, nice guy who dressed like a Japanese gangster, but he was anything but that. He was a, just a nice guy who was like. Cool! Space! Awesome! Okay. Uh, moving on for that, we have Kamen Rider Wizard. Uh, this one revolved around fantasy magic and rings. Uh, we get to Kamen Rider Gaim, which is your Fruit Ninja BS. It actually revolves around Japanese feudal warfare, fruit, and dance gangs. Which is a very surprisingly interesting story. Like, I actually really like Kamen Rider Gaim's element where, like, you have a base form that you get fruit armor that can augment you giving you different weapons. Yeah. Um, I really liked the look. Plus his final his, his final weapon was a shotgun that doubled as a sword. What was it his With, initial one? Just an orange slice katana? No, it was an orange wedge. He had a katana which also doubles as a gun. But then he also had a he also had like a secondary sort of like orange slice saber. And the two of them could go out and could be do like like Darth Maul style, if you wanted. Was it dumb and stupid? Oh, yes. But it's the beautiful dumb and stupid, though. Um, after Gaim, we get one of them, one of my horribly, horribly themed Common Rider Drive, in which the Common Rider doesn't have a bike, he has a talking car. You got something against Knight Rider? Yes. Talk, the, the car could have had a British accent. I demand a British accent version. Um, it's also one of the first common writers in which um, the car and the main common writer is actually a part of the police and detectives. Beforehand, they're not. That was not common for the common writer to be on the side of the law at all. wasn't wasn't W didn't for double didn't they had wasn't there two main characters like detectives? They were detectives, but they were freelance. Like, oh, like privatized. Yeah, they were privatized, especially um, uh, left guy. Not Philip because left guy, left guy was a detect. Left guy was a private eye who was taking over the role of his uh, mentor. But at this point in the show, but at the point of the beginning of the show, the mentor has died, and his daughter comes in to take it over. Basically, to work him hard. Um, after that, we get Common Rider Ghost. Have you ever wondered how um, Alexander Graham Bell becomes a superpower? Common Rider Ghost is the is the is the common writer for you. I vaguely recall Ghost coming out at the time, but I think it was around, like around that time that I just kind of stopped following Common Rider. So Common Rider's main element was that uh, the main hero took gained powers from different historical figures. He was dead himself, but still, he had basically he had basically like a year to gain all these historical souls to bring him back to life. 
he got brought back to life, but in the process, you know, ended up fighting in this grand war with these all these other, with other people commanding other dead spirits. Huh. He was also one of the first common riders that actually wore had a hood. Oh, that's right. So you would have element so, of the design, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also the there's an element of Japanese oni in there as well because he had a single horn that was curved, which was kind of like a zigzaggy sort of curve, uh, not unlike a snake, which was very common in Japanese um, oni are very popular Japanese demons. They're basically ogres as we would think of them. Uh, we got common rider X Aid, which was video game and video game mechanics, as well as hospitals and doctors. Yes, I don't know how quite it works. The main, the main story is about a virus. So, um, after that, we get Common Rider Build, which was a mix and match too. So we had a right side and a left side that mix and matched. Um, and his big deal was it was all about kind of science th theory, as well as these bottles in which the guy would shake before he puts into his driver. Um, different bottles gave him different stuff, and a best match gave him. More power at the end of the day, the more powerful form. Wasn't that the that I, if I it, recall correctly? Wasn't that also like vaguely like vending machine kind of themed? Um, less so. A lot of it was all about like the different bottles and um, the actual arming armoring up was actually kind of like a gotcha sort of model where you'd have like runner bits kind of like form around him and then like smash them together. Other guys had like lava poured all onto him or juice bottles blowing up on him. Yeah. Um. So, and then we have Common Rider Z.O., which was about time travel, seeing different writers. Um, it was also the second anniversary of the Heisei era. Um, it also had a theme of clocks and watches. Hmm. Um, what I liked about Common Rider Build is that to literally to become a Common Rider, he had to turn a crank on his belt. For Common Rider Z.O., he had to take his belt, he had to flip it, he had to flip it around because it was on like a pivot point. Yeah, it basically had to do like a giant like uh, three sixty on it on the belt. Um, and then we get to Common Rider Zio, which is about grasshoppers and other animals, um, kind of a sim card kind of element, um, but also about androids because there's androids in the world and they serve humans, and they always kind of stand like this with their hands on top of one another, you know, very kind of polite. Hmm. Um, and that's starting in the Rewa era. So what do you think of Common Rider so far? I know you've delved in a little bit into Common Rider. But what are your thoughts on Common Rider? Well, what's it? I've always been kind of mean to give it another or give it a bit of a look just cuz I did I watched a lot of Sentai in like the early part of my undergraduate like I guess time in in school. Um But no, I know Common Rider is Common Rider and Super Sentai have essentially became sister series. Didn't they yes. have like the whole? They had like a whole hour on like Tokyo Television where they, they would air. I believe every Saturday morning, if I'm correct. Uh, no, 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 Sunday, Sunday evening. But yeah, no, they, they were essentially sister series, and so I, I used to watch a lot of Super Sentai, and so I'd always been meaning like, you know, I should probably check out more Common Rider stuff. Yes, but I just I never quite got around to it. I did do like the research just to. Yeah, not even necessarily for this episode, but just on my own, because I was curious as to what the different common... Well, because she didn't know what this was coming in here at all, either, which I was part didn't. of my fun. Um, I didn't. Now, I had to talk about Super... I had to talk about Common Rider to be able to talk about Sentai, Super Sentai. Well, what's it? Well, before all this, what about Spider-Man? 
Well, we ha- well again, we have to talk about Sentai to get to Spider-Man. Right. So, 1995, or 1975, um, we have our main guy here, um, uh, Shotaro Ishinomori, uh, decided that he was going to mix two elements together. He was going to take his common Rider series, both cyborgs, cyborg human mutants, and his um, cyborg 009 idea, and he was going to merge them in together. And what he ended up creating here, um, when he merged them together, was the Hitsumitsu Sentai Go Ranger. Now, do you know why it's called Go Ranger? Go is the Go is the Japanese word for five, five rangers. Right. Um, so. Well, what's in the term Sentai, if I recall correctly, means like task force or like squad. So Hitsumitsu means super uh, means I think. Um, Science Squad, five rangers, if memory serves me correctly. Again, don't quote me on it because I don't speak Japanese yet. Well, and what's it all... The reason it's called, like, the Super Sentai series is because all Sentai teams, with the exception of, I think, like, Battle Fever, Jay, and Jack, follow the same sort of naming convention of something Sentai, something thing. And that last name is going to be, like, their main name. The go Andres, go Kaijers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, originally the show was just... Biomen. So the original show was just known, known as a Sentai series. It didn't become a Super Sentai until after Spider-Man. Now, again, you have to remember that the original version of this, they all had masks. The weapons actually came from their masks, oddly enough, um, in um, Go Ranger. Um, it's also one of the longest-running com- uh, Super Sentai series, and I believe at, like, like 95-some-odd episodes, if memory serves me correctly. It was actually filling the spot of what was Common Rider at the time. Um, but... In the mid in the mid nineteen seventies here, um, Toei, which is the license holders for Common Rider and Power and and um, Super Sentai series here, actually made an agreement with Marvel to produce um, to produce Marvel shows in in Japan. And one of the first ones they really wanted to get to was Marvel's flagship in Spider Man. Now they created a, in nineteen seventy eight they create in um, nineteen seventy eight they created. Spider-Man, the Japanese, the Japanese version of it. It is not like our Spider-Man on any particular level. Outside of maybe the costume, but even then it looks the costume janky. and power. The costume and powers, not even how he got the costume or powers, is just that. Spider-Man literally introduces himself, I am an agent from hell. Spider-Man! He's... I, I, okay, I'm going to give you the present... I'm going I'm to give, give you the... the the premise of the series real quickly so see if you can follow along um, there is a guy who is hearing a voice and the voice that's calling out to him is a person named Marvel who is a alien from a distant planet who crash landed into Earth and this guy finds Marvel who has been trapped in a trapped in a I, trapped in a cave with other spiders I don't know why um, and when he dies, he actually just becomes a poisonous spider. Uh, but before he dies, he gives this magic. He gives this bracelet that's actually in charge of this giant spaceship called Leopold. And the bracelet uh, shoots out the Spider-Man costume, but also is kind of where Spider-Man gets his uh, abilities from, his web-slinging stuff. I still love the fact that Spider-Man gets an entire leopard-themed giant robot, despite the fact that he is named Spider-Man. Yeah, I know. Um, again, why? 
again, it's a radically different take on Spider-Man. It has no bearing on it, no relationship at all to Spider-Man. You don't even see the same villains from Spider-Man at all in this at all. There is the the only thing that exists in this at all is just the goddamn name. And what's actually kind of interesting in from this is that. Um, Remember the guy that made Spider-Man, Stan Lee? Mm-hmm. He was actually really cool with this. He actually liked it a lot. He wanted to find a way to bring it to America. This agent of hell, Spider-Man, they wanted to bring that to America. And in fact, actually, they were actually very much talking about doing that with other Sentai series. You know why that could? You know why Stan Lee and Marvel couldn't get that done? Why they couldn't secure television rights. And then Saban did his own thing. Well, man, mind you, Saban didn't didn't get Saban actually tried to do it in the mid '80s as well and couldn't get television rights either. So he he was having the same problem that Marvel was having. Um, what later what ended up happening here is that um, in a couple of years later, when they went to go make their new the next Sentai series, they made Battle Fever J. Guess what that's based off of? Oh, I already know what it's based off of. What do you think it's based off of? If I recall correctly, it's dancing and also, like, countries. No. It's based off of Captain America. That's countries. They all have, like, different, like... Yes, they're all from different countries. You have the Cossack Ranger, you have the Japan Ranger, you have the French Ranger, and you... uh, I think they had, like, a Scandinavian or some other Ranger on there as well. Um, The Cossack Ranger actually dies. It's one of the first orange Rangers. Um, and then you have the female ranger, which was a FBI agent from America on loan. And um, her suit actually mi- mirrors um, Miss America, which was a superhero in co- in the Captain America comics back in the 70s. That's why her costume has like a wig and a face and yeah. a vaguely face yeah. element no, there. It's, it's got the pink wig and... So yeah. that, that's Battle Fever J, and each one of the um, and each one of the Rangers is actually Battle Japan, Battle Cossack, Battle so forth. Um, there was that, um, and what was interesting is that from the Spider-Man series, you get you had a giant spaceship which turned into a robot to fight larger versions of the bad guys, and when they translated that element to Battle Fever J, and where Battle Fever J is the canonical third. Um, Super Sentai series, it's when it became Super Sentai, before it had just been Sentai. But now that you had the giant robots, that's how it became Super Sentai. Um, so yeah, Spider-Man is why we have Power Rangers at the end of the day. Or at least why we have Megazords. Yeah. Um, I mean, Power Rangers itself is... I mean, it's not really fair to call it a dub, but... Sort of, I mean, on certain levels here. Yeah. Um, so, what's actually interesting here is that did you realize that Saban wasn't the first one to bring Super Sentai to America? The first Super Sentai series was actually aired on Nickelodeon in USA Cable. It was Kagekaku Sentai Dynaman. I didn't know they tried to do Dynaman first. In 1998, they brought it over here to America as Dynaman. They did it as a parody, though. Mm. Six ep- It was only about six episodes of, like, short in-betweeners between other stuff, but it was just them dubbing over Japanese footage 
it was basically a joke, but it was the first time Sentai ever got to year to America. So, now we get to talk about Power Rangers, finally. And to talk about Power Rangers, to talk about Hayasaban. Do you remember? Do you know how Hayasaban got his uh, initial money and into into children's cartoons? Nope. He actually um, he so when he was living in France and moving back and forth between Israel and France, um, he met a kid in Israel who just spoke, who just sang beautifully, and basically figured out, hey, they're doing a bunch of animation stuff. I need to get this kid to learn to teach him how to speak French and sing the theme song to this cartoon t show theme sh the theme song for a cartoon show in French because it's airing in French and yeah. what he ended up doing was he ended up basically becoming all of your favorite classic um, 80's theme songs Inspector Gadget He-Man um, there's just there's dozens of them where what he would do is he would um, he also did, I think he did um, Thundercats and... Haim Saban or the kid? Haim Saban, who, basically what Haim Saban would do is that he would sell the theme song for free to the to the show, but then he would retain the license for it. So he could make money off... So but basically what he'd do is he would, hey, you need a theme song? Great, here's a theme song for your show, but I own the music still. So I get royalties off of when you... So I'm going to let you use it in your show for free, but whenever it gets used outside of that, I own the rights to it. So if they wanted to make a cartoon commercial for Thundercats, in which they're marketing the the the, the toys, they had to pay Heinz Bond to use the Thundercats theme song in the background and elements of the music. Hmm. So that's how he made his initial money there. In 1984, when he was in Japan on working on something else, um, he discovered um, Chosenju, uh, what is it? Chou Densi Bioman, which was the 1984 Sentai series at the time. And he tried his darndest to get this licensed in America. He actually had, like, he actually had a running version of it ready to go. He had actors and everything redo all the same stuff that they did in the Power Rangers. We could have had Power Rangers back in 1984 or 86 or 87. Do you realize we missed out? That I did not know. Yeah. So he actually, yeah, he had a um, pilot for he had a pilot of it here, in which he got American actors to do the show to do the show much the same way as Power Rangers, and eventually um, got it dubbed. And you know, he got all the actors to do the, the live action stuff with the human faces dubbed it with the Japanese footage and actually got it in a working or in a working fashion for a while. So we could have had it much earlier in the day. Again, the same problem was he couldn't secure rights on television. So if no TV channel would pick it up, there was no reason to make it at all. So what we end up getting to is when we get to nineteen ninety two, we actually get to Zero Ranger. Karu Sentai Zero Ranger, which is the canonical sixteenth series and what was interesting about um, Karu Ranger was it was uh, it had a number of interesting milestones for Super Sentai series in general um, it was one of the first show with which you had seven mecha combined into one uh, that was not a common theme in other ones uh, it was also so, the first one with a sixth ranger no it wasn't actually the first one with an evil sixth ranger first the ranger was there was a, there's been other shows in which 
Even like Jack had originally four members and then added a fifth member. And then the series had a six member event sometimes come in. Jack, um, Cute Ranger was one of the first shows in which the sixth ranger was actually a bad guy first before becoming a good guy eventually. So that wasn't common. Um, it was also a lot more lighthearted than other shows. The first one that featured dinosaurs. Um, also the first one to um, be purely fantastical based. There's no military or organization that's in charge of the rangers. They're just rangers. So there's no like... All the other shows had like a governing body. Like, oh, this is the Earth Defense Force. Or this is like the, you know, special defense force of some kind. Like, this is the first one in which they were wholly just their own thing. Um... And all the right things kind of came together to make it into Power Rangers. I mean, Saban got the rights to it and was able to pitch it to Fox Kids at the time who were able to get it on television, and that's how we got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in 1993. Um, what's interesting about the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which used for the first uh, 32, 30, 34 some odd episodes, used the original Kill Ranger footage. Um... But as we get to later seasons, which they ran out of... Again, at that point, we're into a year. It's very successful. The show, this series is extremely successful. And they need to have a new series. They need to continue the series, keep, keep it going. In order to do that, they ended up uh, kind of butchering Gosei Sentai Dai Ranger and Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Um, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say butchering but they, what they did was that they essentially commissioned um whoever was in or toei to basically make new footage using the original zu ranger suits alongside the what everyone remembers as the white ranger because that actually came from Go, uh no not ghost ranger uh that came from uh die ranger die ranger right 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 so basically what they did was they took the bad guys in the mecha from, as well as the White White Ranger, which in the White Ranger, the Japanese version, is a kid. With a talking sword. The talking sword that turns into an adult. Um, they took the Q-Ranger outfit, the initial Q-Ranger, because Q-Ranger is different. Z-Ranger, Z my apologies, you're right. They took the Z-Ranger costumes and they basically got Toei to do more fight scenes with the bad guys. And eventually they just... Eventually they figured out it was kind of expensive, so what they did is they ended up just buying the actual bad guy outfits and the costumes and, and just, just doing it themselves. And actually had their suit act it had the original actors start doing it for themselves. Um and so um what's interesting as well is that Calculator Ranger, which um which is the third season in this, um, is also they ended up actually reusing the footage where they're in the kind of like their ninja suits, um, or the show's official Outfits and they uh, dubbed that into this miniseries, this 10 episode miniseries called Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers. So they actually ended That's up right. using that. Uh, oh, what's it? Fun fact uh, Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad and all that other good stuff actually got a bit of a start in acting by doing the voice acting for some of the monsters. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. Um,. So what's actually also interesting in Cockle Ranger, they used the the mech, they used the mechs in the reverse order. So in so in the English version of the Power Rangers, they had the Ninja Megazord and then the Shogun Megazord. Shogun Megazord actually comes first before the Ninja Megazord. 
and then the White Falcon Zord, as we know it here in America, was actually um, just a malevolent sort of creature that occasionally would come in and help them. You couldn't call for it, nobody controlled it, it was just a malevolent creature that sometimes came in and helped the Cockroach Rangers. Um, the Cockroach Rangers also didn't have a Pink Ranger either. Their female leader was a White Ranger. So, yeah. which was so which is why when we see it here in America, we see often a lot of the um, the robots that would be the Pink Rangers robots are actually like more white than they are pink. You can barely tell any pink on there. Well, what's an, another thing too is that frequently in Japan you will have Yellow Rangers like you you will have male Yellow Rangers, but then when it gets brought to the U.S., they get turned female. And you know why that happened in uh, for the original Power Rangers? Why? Because the Yellow Ranger in the Zeal Ranger was actually a younger kid. So, where the other guys were like kind of grown adults, he was like 14, it was like 13, 14, 15 years old. So, he was a lot smaller by comparison to the other to the other guys. Thus, they figured, oh, well, we could just dub this as a girl because we need to have more girls on the team, maybe. Or, so. Some more interesting notions and facts here. When we get to um, Old Ranger, which is the which was the 1995 uh, series, but didn't get here into America until 1996, was the first time in which they actually changed over the suits. Yeah, or at least for at least for what we know as Power Rangers. Anyway. As we as we know as Power Rangers, the first time they switched over as suits, and so they got to the what we know as Zeo, which was ended up becoming the Power Ranger suits. Um, we get to and then then that would continue a series where every year they would change out the suits. Which I think is what they realized was the more profitable way to do it here. Well, yes and no. Because what's in the original Super Sentai, we didn't have the same characters switching over suits. And after um, Power Rangers in space, they just kind of kept bringing in a new team every time for, at, you know, I from then on. I can more to that. So, um, after O-Ranger, which is Power Rangers Zeo, when we get to Power Rangers Turbo, adapted from... Geku Sentai Car Ranger, which was all about cars. Oh, it's not just about cars; it's about slapstick. Yeah. Um, uh, Power Rangers Tur uh, Power Rangers Turbo actually had the original ca same cast from O Ranger, and eventually switched it out for a new entirely an entirely new team later on midway with the through. With the exception of the Blue Ranger. With the exception of the Blue Ranger, which was also a kid, which they were able to do White Ranger style. Although, what's it? The other thing too that was a bit of an issue is that. Um, it was also the first time the Red Ranger was a Black Ranger. It was a Black Man. Well, so. that too. But um, what's one of the main issues with Power Rangers Turbo as to why it's not as beloved as, say, Mighty Morphin or Zeo or what have you? Okay. Is that the original Car Ranger, like what it's adapted from, Car Ranger was very slapstick. It was basically a parody of previous. Oh, no, no, Power no, 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 no. You're talking. Previous Super Sentai. That's, that's going to be Injun Sentai Go Ranger. Go Anger. That's different. Go Onger is like season 30. Car Ranger itself was a parody. Go Onger was also very silly, but Car Ranger itself was a parody. But no, the issue... Go Onger is a parody. Both are. It's RPM. It's So there's a later series called Power Rangers RPM, which is a very post-apocalyptic version of Power Rangers. It was said to be the final season of Power Rangers under um, the management at the time. Was taken was also um, a parody of Injun Sentai Go Ranger, which was a 
car themed, or every car had like an animal theme to it, or every vehicle had an animal theme to it. What's interesting about that one is that uh, Go Onger is very, very silly by comparison. It doesn't treat itself very serious at all. And then RPM is this very dark version of Power Rangers. So, but if you say that, well, no, uh, but like a similar thing happened with that. Okay, so if you say Car Ranger is um, is similar to that, I'll take your word for it because I've never re- I've never watched Car Ranger before. Well, no, but the issue being that very similarly it, within the Power Rangers overarching, Mythos. yeah, within the Power Ranger overarching story, basically, you know, the first four seasons from Mighty Morphin all the way up to Power Rangers in Space, they were trying to do a semi dramatic thing um, with like. What's I think in like the fourth in in Pirates in Space like Zordon like dies or something, but in the overarching story it was supposed to be kind of starting to get kind of dark and kind of eh, but the original footage from Car Ranger you know with the suits and whatnot it was very slapstick and silly. Okay. In in the original Car Ranger it was supposed to be car constellations that they got their magic from. It was so ridiculous. It's a, now when you say it out loud it does sound fairly ridiculous. Yeah. But Power Rangers Turbo tried to make it serious, and it just failed it dramatically. Yeah, it's also it one of the first work. shows in which they. It was also one another show in which, um, well, not so much the case, but when they got to when they got to Power when they got to Diet Ranger, they actually swapped out the main bad guy for Lord Zed, which was very bizarre. So the Power Rangers literally made their own bad guy. They did the same for Turbo, in which they made it a completely new bad guy just for. Turbo, they didn't want to reuse the... Detox. They didn't want to use the Japanese one at all. Um, we get to Power Rangers in space, in which the old rangers who were the uh, Turbo Rangers actually get inherited new costumes and in space theme. It's also kind of the end of the Zordon era, as they call it, where Zordon actually dies. Um, both um, mainstays, Rita Repulsa and Zordon, which are the main bad guys for the first Mighty Morphin Power Ranger series, um, actually end up... Uh, get, get like a curse lifted and their actors just become normal people well all, all of the evil in the in the universe gets eradicated yes um, and then every subsequent squeeze season after that would have um, a new team and would rarely ever reference other stuff at all um, there is a mythical sort of like through line in the morphing grid of some sort which actually kind of well, it doesn't come to a head, but um, there is one episode, I believe it is uh, Wild, Wild Force, where they have Forever Red. Yes, they have Forever Red. They actually do that a couple more times as yeah. well. In which they reinvite all the old former Red Rangers to participate again. Um, sometimes they're just the they're just the suit act they're just suit actors and not the actual original actors because they're sometimes not able to get them at all. Um, so there is that. Um, and again, subsequent seasons of Power, Rangers, of Power Rangers would be much like Super Sentai, which would be a new team in kind of a semi-new location with a new theme. Um, and they rarely, if ever, n- crossed over with other stuff. The one exception to that in uh, Power Rangers Diner Thunder, uh, adapted from Bakuru Sentai Abad Ranger, um, had long-stay ter- long Power Ranger Tommy show up. Yeah. Tommy, who is who has been the probably the most prolific um, of the Super Sentai series, um, with the exception of Johnny and Bosch, who just keeps reprising his one role over and over again. Yeah. Um, but Tommy, but um, the suit actor for um, Jason David Franks, I believe his name is. That's the actor's name. Yeah. So, uh, Tommy, the character, has been was the original Green Ranger. 
followed by the White Ranger. He was the CEO Red Ranger as well as the Turbo Red Ranger. And he later becomes the um, Dino Thunder Black Ranger. Um, also kind of interesting, in, in Dino Thunder, um, his arms are heavily tattooed. Well, like, in, in real life, at some point, he actually did try to try his hand at MMA fighting. Yeah, he tried his hand at MMA fighting and ended up just creating his own uh, martial arts school, eventually. Um, but he is very tattooed. And so for Dino Thunder, he had to wear long shirts all the time to cover all of his tattoos. Um, and actually, there was a contract dispute at one point, um, and he was um, in the show. He was actually physically out of the show for over 20 for like a good like 15 to 20 episodes and he was only there through the magic of dubbing apparently in the show he was he couldn't get out of his morphing suit so like you'd have a suit actor pretending to be him in the show but he couldn't actually get out of the suit so it was all just dubbed over yeah an interesting notion in fact in there um so power rangers initially aired from 1983 until 2002 when in 2001, uh, the Fox Kids and Division, which is also held to the Fox family, um, or the Family Channel, uh, was bought out by Disney. And in the subsequent purchase, um, that's where we get four kids from. So Fox Kids got replaced by four kids because Disney bought out the Fox, um, they bought out Fox Kids and the subsequent Fox family uh, element. Um, and then they also bought out Power Rangers from Saban at the time as well while they were at it. And so instead of Saban Entertainment owning the rights to Power Rangers, it actually defaulted to Walt Disney, the Disney Corporation, which is why I remember one time going to Disneyland and seeing Power Rangers by uh, Power Rangers being sold inside by It's a Small World, oddly enough. Hmm. So I do remember that as a child. Um... Disney retained the rights of of it until 2009, in which they decided that um, they were going to just end the, the the series at that point here. They weren't going to do any more. Um, and Power Rangers RPM uh, was supposed to be the final season. In 2010, Saban eventually bought the rights back from Walt Disney for $43 million, uh, which was more money than Disney paid for Fox Kids at the time, so we kind of got a little bit of a deal there. Oh. Um, and eventually, after two years hiatus, they came back with Power Rangers Samurai. Now, Samurai is one of the more interesting series in the Power Rangers series because it's a slightly more direct um, translation of the original Japanese source material. It's very similar. Very, very frequently with um, the Power Rangers series, they will still use that same the same footage of the actors in the suits, but everything outside of the suits is retooled. Up, up for grabs. Yeah. They'll, hence why, like, in the original, you know, power in the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, we have these five kids in high school. You know, they all, you know, go to a dojo and this other place after school and whatnot. But in the original Zoo Ranger, in which it's based off of, if I recall correctly, each one of the rangers was a representative of their, tr of their like, dinosaur tribe. No, no, they were, they were frozen cavemen. Yeah. So they were originally frozen cavemen. Each one of their... Animals was a clan that they were a part of, which is correct, and they get rewoken up in modern day. I think the Red Ranger is the only one that was actual descendant of the Triassanus, the uh, Tyrannosaurus tribe. Well, is that and the Green Ranger was also the he was supposed to be the prince 
of that tribe, which is why in the original he was evil. Well, he was originally supposed to be the prince of the tribe, and when it, they were supposed to be, they were twins. The Red Ranger and Green Ranger were twins, and the Red Ranger ended up beating his brother to become the Red Ranger, but the Green Ranger ended up stealing the Dragon Buckler and the Dragon Flute, uh, which were sacred treasures supposed to be given to the Red Ranger. He stole them and ended up becoming the Green Ranger as a result of that. So, um, there's that. Now, let's see here. With... Uh, with Power Rangers uh, Samurai, which was the uh, Samurai Sentai Shinken Ranger, uh, in which the robots are actually kind of fold around, fold up like origami, which is really fucking cool, actually. I really want to actually get one of those like original uh, morphers. No, no, not the morphers. The morphers look like dick. Well, they turn into they they're flip phones that eventually fold and turn into calligraphy pens, and they paint their it's respective cool. symbols. It's, it's cool, but like I. I I, fi- I find it, I find the phone to be very boring at the end of the day. I, I'm I, personally not, never a fan of the uh, phone morphers. So, um, but they actually, their Megazord is actually really freaking cool because the way it moves around and kind of tessellates itself. I would love to get a Japanese version of that. I have the American version of that, which is not very good because they don't transform properly. Um, but you 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 know you get what you can find. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the American Bandai. Just doesn't want to buy the Toei version of these toys and bring it over to America. It's not, they want to reverse engineer it themselves and spend all that money m- with time to make that when they can just buy the Japanese version. Pay the same people on their plants to make it. They already have the goddamn molds. They've been building these things for like a year already. Um, but my tangent. Um, when we get to Nickelodeon, um, which is which is now where Power Rangers lives at, it's in a weird format. So, Power Rangers on um, Nickelodeon is in two formats. So, they're, they take place in two seasons over the course of... So, one season of like Super Sentai takes place over two seasons, each 22 episodes, in, on Nickelodeon. Oh, that's right. They have the regular and then they have the super version. Yes, so, which comes so... When you so when we watch like for example like Samurai Power, Power Ranger Samurai, the first twenty there's twenty two first episodes and then there's a later twenty two episodes, and they're each, and again they're all shot in one single fo- pass over the course of a year, but for whatever reason Nickelodeon only lets you run like twenty two episodes in a year, so it has to take place over two years before you ever get to finish the series, versus what oh, later series in Superset in um, the. Uh, Disney version, as an example, would just take place over a single year. Well, I think I actually might know the reason for that. And I know, from what I understand, that's Nickelodeon's um, season scheme that you can't have more than a certain number of episodes, and that episode limit is twenty-two per season. So you could repeat throughout the year. What is your What is your understanding of that? Sort of to give the source material more time. So when we originally started Z Ranger, that was season sixteen of. You know, the Super Sentai series. Mm-hmm. For us, that was Power Rangers Season 1. As every year goes on in Japan, you know, they always create a new Sentai. You know, each team lasts for like a year, maybe like about 50 episodes, if I recall correctly. Usually about 49 to 50 episodes, give yeah, or take. on average. But anywho, um, the reason I think they kind of scale it out that way in, at least in the U.S., I think, is to kind of give sort of more time for new source material to come out, if that makes any sense. Nowadays, currently, uh, what's it, when, when 
I think Power Rangers Samurai came out versus Shinkenger. It was about a three year gap. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think when for when it came out to when it came out here in America, you had enough time to be able to figure out what the story is and to maneuver through it. Yeah. Um, well, what's it for Mega Force? It was slightly different instead of making new because what's it for Shinkenger or at least for sorry Power Rangers Samurai or Super Samurai. They made new armor stuff that wasn't originally in the Japanese show. Yeah, they did. They did some reshooting for that. Yeah. Whereas for the subsequent season after that, Mega Force and then Super Mega Force, you know, they used two different seasons of Power Rangers. They had Ghost Sager and then Go Kaiger. Yes. So Ghost Sager, which was an angel theme with uh, cards, um, was like the first twenty-two episodes, and then they had. The second season of uh, the pirate-themed Power Rangers. Yeah. Now, do you know why that is? Yes, because the pirate one... Pirate one... So, for reference, Go Kaiger was the first Super Sentai that I had officially watched, and I started perusing other series after that. Go Kaiger's main theme is Pirates Day. For the 35th anniversary of Super Sentai, they went with a pirate theme, and the idea behind it essentially was that they sort of pirated the oh. other forms. Their their main ability was that the Gokaijers were were essentially Super Sentai pirates. They could actually transform into previous rangers. And not it, just like the whole teams. Sometimes they would do entire like, we're all going to do different red rangers. We're all going to do different green rangers. Yeah, so they would, all, they would transform it and sometimes they do entire uh, shows and other times in, in formations and in other cases they would just do all Red Rangers, or maybe they would mix and match to as the, as necessary. Yeah. Um, but again, so that was the 35th season of Super Sentai. Guess when that came out in America? Gokai just came out in 2012. I think Super, I think Super Mega Force came out in like what 2014, 2015, Two thir- 2013. The 20th anniversary of Power Rangers. That was. And so the reason why Ghost Sager didn't have its full, didn't, you didn't do the full season of Ghost Sager, and you went directly into um, the pirate one, which I almost forget the name of it immediately. Go Kaiser. Go Kaiser. I want to say Go Kaiser, but I always I always get a little worried about that. Um, was because High Saban Entertainment really wanted to do a 20th anniversary, and you could do a 20th anniversary if you cut down all the all the bits of Go of the um, pirate Power Rangers. To just include what was ever that was only ever the shows that you licensed in America. Yeah, they because Super Sentai or because Super Sentai had ran at that point for thirty five years, they cut out all the episodes that pretty much referenced any of the fifteen previous years. Yeah, and so, that like weren't in Power Rangers. So as an as a result of that year, they're actually in the process of actually bypassing a number of really interesting um, Sentai series here. You have Russia Sentai Tokyujir, which is about Japanese trains. Well, that actually came after. Yes, it did. Yeah. But but the Sentai but Power Rangers actually skipping that season. Well, they also skipped um they're also skipping uh Dabatsu Sentai Zyoanger, which is all about cube animals that transform into other animals. It's very cool. The transformation of the device is literally a um Rubik's cube that they twist to the right form and then hit it and then transform. The robots are all square cubes that transform into other animals. It's freaking awesome! If you've ever, it just, just, I will put a link into it. Look up. There's a, 
There's a guy online that actually just reviews nothing but the robots, uh, the Zords for us here in America, but the robots in Japan. And it's all silent, and it just puts everything together and shows you how it would look, and then there's a kind of a 360 rollabout on it. To watch all these square blocks eventually come together to whatever it makes at the end of the day, it's freaking amazing, because you can have so many mix-and-match possibilities. This thing's awesome. Well, what's it? One of the ones I watched... After Gokaiger was it the immediate thirty sixth season, which had a very, which very much had a spy theme to it. Like uh, they literally had like glasses. Like, yeah, they had like X ray vision glasses, and one dude I think straight up had a camera that turned into a gun. That's actually that's actually Japan's version of what Power Rangers would look like. It's FBI themed. Well, and what's it, and they're skipping over that in? Nope, they're actually doing that one. They're doing that one now. They're doing they're doing that one. I think right now, but I'm not 100 percent certain. No, they're doing ninja. They're doing another ninja one. So they that was the season before it. So they did do that one here in America. Uh, they're also passing up uh, Uchi Sentai Q-Ranger, which is another not the same Q-Ranger, but um, this one's based off of. There's 12 Rangers, and they're all based off the Zodiac. It's wild. It oh, really that's is. right. No, okay, I do. I do. Here's a cat. <laughs> Not to say that the new Ninja One actually also has a cowboy ninja, but they have—I love Japanese fascinations with the cowboys. Um, and then they're also missing a really great opportunity in Kato Senpai Sentai Lupin Ranger versus Kikisato Sentai Pata Ranger. This is a show in which there are two Sentai teams, each build up of three members, and a sixth and a sixth, or in this case, a seventh man that actually plays koi on each side. He has a Lupin Ranger version, and he has a Pata Ranger version. Now, Lupin, if you don't know, is the is a very popular uh, Lupin the Third. Lupin the Third is a very popular Japanese uh, ongoing manga and anime series and movie series in which follows the exploits of uh, Lupin the Third, which is a famous um, thief at the end of the day. Um, and so the Lupin Rangers are thieves, um, and they all wear top hats, which is kind of cool. Um, as where or their helmets have have hats on them, top hats on them. As where Pata Ranger is actually the police trying to stop the Lupin Rangers, so they fight one another. So they're actually missing that season as well right now. Um, so we've talked a little bit of history about Fire Rangers. Let's talk about staples of them. They're usually in a team of five, occasionally in a team of three, but usually started at a team of five. Well, what's and even the ones that start off as teams of three usually get an extra two members later. Eventually, get round up to five. There's often a sixth man, a sixth player that eventually comes in, especially in later seasons, and sometimes more. Sometimes you might have a seventh or eighth ranger. Um, you might also have what oh, the Kiyu Ryuger had up to like I think t- ten or twelve at one point. Yeah, they were all based off of. It was another season based off dinosaurs. Yeah, they had too many. Yeah, but like they did, they had the little gun thing, and they did a little dance. They did a little dance, and then they spun around and they shot their gun up in the air. Each one of them had little capsules. Yeah. Um, and then what you also might have, you might have what they call the sixth man. It's not necessarily a ranger, but it's a like um, the one we might see here was a uh, nin- ninzor, which was in the uh, Kaku Ranger, was just a ninja, uh, like a ninja master guy that was just a giant dude. It's if it if it if it isn't a sixth ranger, it'll be some sort of mecha ish looking dude, not unlike sort of a common rider esque sort of similarish look as but, compared to but usually the Power more Rangers. bulkier in some cases. So yeah, um, 
Do you know, um, so the colors, they're made up of bright, colorful teams. I found a great info pick on this, actually, because I was actually very curious. What do you think is the most common form, what do you think is the most common colors of com- of uh, Power Rangers or Super Sentai? So the most common colors are always going to be red, blue, yellow, nope. followed by, hmm. Red and blue have been in every single team thus far. Yellow, which is the second most common color you'll see in a team, followed by pink, then green, and then black. What do you think is the most common... Um, oh, and then for the 6th Ranger, what do you think is the most common 6th Ranger color? Usually some variation of gold. Nope. Silver. Followed very closely behind with white, green, black, and then either maroon or violet colored. Hmm. I'll actually have a link to it on here because I found it very fascinating. Um, so, 30%, 36%, so about at least one-third of every single Super Sentai series have always featured a red, blue, yellow, pink and green combination team. The second most common at 20.5, so at least one-fifth of every show, is the red, blue, yellow, pink, black combination. Um, and then, and then honestly, what we find very silly is when they're out, when they're not in their ranger suits, they often wear the same color. So if you're the red ranger, you're probably going to wear a lot of stuff that's red. If you're the pink ranger, you probably wear some more pinkish colors at the end of the day. It's not exclusive. You don't have to always wear that color, but you tend to be wearing that color more often than not. I'm not going to lie. That actually, I, I'm probably willing to bet that that concept sort of infested my brain somehow when I was little. Because now, nowadays, currently, I tend to wear all of one of two colors whenever I'm out and about. My, whatever I'm wearing, whatever outfit I'm wearing, is usually going to be made up of either one singular color or just one. Well, it was, also like designed, it was also designed so you could figure out which character was which. which. Yeah. So, um, that idea infested my brain. Every show after, from Battle Fever J until now, every show has had robots here in the here in America. For Power Rangers, we know them as Zords. Their combination. I why? For, huh? I wonder why. Because we had to name and we had to have a name for them, and they just considered Zords. But like, and, I wonder who came, like who at that round table meeting came up with the name. Zords, like where does Zords come from? Well, there were eighty shows called Zords. There's a very popular model kit series called Zords. Those are Zoids. Zoids, Zords, same thing. Yeah. Um, we're also the only. I mean, here in America, we call them Zords. We call their we call their combined form Megazord, and we call their penultimate form the Ultra Zord. That's not true in Japan. They're, every show has their own naming scheme for them. Sometimes they have a universal name. Sometimes it's just, you know, Red 1, Red 2, stuff like that. Um, Power Rangers follows a Monster of the Week format, which basically means that there is a new monster every week that they must fight and defeat by the end of the week. Uh, in some shows, uh, um, in most shows here, the bad guy turns into a giant form. In some variations, though, the bad guys launch a mecha for the defeated bad guy to pilot instead. Those, you, those are usually the main bad guys that get that honor. Nope. If if you're if you're going to be defeated, and you're going to get a, and you're going to grow big, you will instead get a mech in that case. So it's not all the time, but a fair amount of the time. I know. So, Shinkanger had basically when you defeated the guy, he had a second life, which was a big form. So, what of it? Like what I'm saying is that most of the main villains were the ones that usually got to pilot their own little mech. Yes, as opposed to they grew big. 
Yeah, so. Uh, but no, but in some series, it's just the bad guy of the week gets his own mech. Um, there's always some sort of disposable henchman, a la the putties. Um, much in which um, Japanese actors and uh, common writer, um, for a certain example, the guy who does the main common writer, who always plays the main, main common writer, has been the kind of the same guy for like dozens of common writer seasons. Uh, recently retired and now is uh now there's a new guy being the main common writer suit. He was often the number two common writer guy. Very expressive guy. Oh. Um but this is very true of um uh Super Sentai as well in which usually the same Red Ranger has been the same guy for a number of years or we might switch out with whatever male number two ranger is or male number three ranger is in a lot of cases. So they all very much stick you know, if you're in a Super Sentai series and you're a suit actor You've got a job for a long period of time, so long as you don't F it up real badly. Um, or yourself. Or, yeah, it's true. Uh, Super Sentai's have a movie usually about midway through every season. Um, uh, as where here in America, we've only really had two major films. Well, um, what's the movies do usually also have like a sneak preview of the next team. The next team, yes. Common Rider does this too, where usually there's, this, there's a movie that happens. Um, that comes up either midway through or after the very end of the series, um, and usually will um, either be a continuation of the series and some sort of like final episode or kind of like send off or um, like a side story. Sometimes, so another silly little fun fact is that though, at least for Super Sentai, the movies that usually feature the sneak preview of the next team usually feature the current team crossing over with the one just before them. Yes. Um, some notable I, some notable themes for uh, Power Rangers. Uh, you have Pseudo Ranger, which was the first dinosaur theme. Uh, Calculator Ranger, which was the first ninja theme. Card Ranger was also the first car theme. Actually, well, the, in the original Car Rangers, there's actually a, another one, or in the original Super Sentai, there was actually another team that actually was based off of cars. Oh. I believe they're the, it's like the f- 13th or 14th season. I forget what their official name was, but like Car Ranger, the 20th season, what we know as Turbo, is actually the second based off of cars. We also have uh, Mega Ranger, which was a space theme. We have... Actually, Mega Ranger was actually based off of... uh, NASA. Not necessarily NASA per se, but more the technological aspect of it, not necessarily just space. Spaceship. Common day as we would know it, spaceships and satellites and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, like, what's it? Like, the main... Like, the Red Ranger, his main symbol was actually, like, an email. Yeah. Like, the orig- for Mega Ranger, it was based off of, like, technological stuff. And they, I believe they actually went into different virtual worlds, where, whereas we used... We translated that in Power Rangers in space as they're visiting different planets. Yeah. Um, we also had uh, Time Ranger, which had a time theme to it. Uh, Maji Ranger, which had a magical wizard theme to it. Before Common Rider Wizard. Um, Go Ranger had talking cars. It's a silly thing. Go Andre. Go Andre. Uh, Shinkanger, obviously, samurai theme. Gosei, Gosanger. Um, Gosei being angel in Japanese, um, which is an angel theme. Uh, Go Kaiger, again, the 35th anniversary, which is a pirate theme. Uh, Go Buster, which has an American FBI. It's an American version on Power Rangers. Uh, well, Japanese version of Power Rangers. True, and then I've also, and then I've kind of already <laughs> messaged, uh, mentioned 
Tokyujer, Zivanger, uh, Q Ranger, and Lupin Ranger versus Pata Ranger. So, um, again, I found these. I found these interesting themings at the end of the day. I mean, there's over forty some odd seasons. Yeah, jeez. Um, well, what's it? It's it's one of those things where like over time, it's kind of understandable that they end up reusing the same sorts of ideas here and there. Like what's there now? At least, at least in Super Sentai, there are like three different seasons that use dinosaurs there's three different seasons that use cars there's four now there's three cars there's four that use ninja themes there's four of the ninja and or uh, ninja themes there's one that's kind of um supposed to be just martial arts but it's really ninjas yeah you've got and you've got kakuru again you've got um the third season of power rangers you have ninja storm there's a current season airing right now and then you also have the one where like they're in like vaguely martial arts gear, but it's really supposed to be ninjas at the end of the day. Um, so they've done a lot of ninja things. Yeah. Which we saw ninjas in Japan. They were very cool. Mm-hmm. At the to- at the Toei Studio Park, where they actually have, and they literally film, Power Rangers and Kamen Rider at. The film, is, the film park is actually, when we got there, we're like, this is kind of boring. Is this really all that cool? When we got, as we got through the day, we're like, this place is fucking awesome. Definitely something I will take you to when we go to when we go to Japan one day. Um, so again, Power Rangers was not the first series to do this at all. Um, in fact, there was an actually very famous version of Haim Saban who um, tried to do Sailor Moon at one point. They tried. So what their their version of Sailor Moon was that they would. Oh, I'm remembering hearing stories of this. I actually, ha- I think I have it somewhere on my computer somewhere. No, I will, I will link to it. No, it is basically what they would do is they would have human versions of the Sailor Scouts, and then when they were going to be Sailor Scouts, they would turn animated. One of the Sailor Scouts was in a wheelchair. Well, there was what, a they lot of dancing too. They didn't even like use the original footage from it. They they had they, their they, own they, made. They made their own, and it looks so bad. What's what's great about it about the pitch too is that when when the pitch to this day nobody's ever seen the actual pilot episode. There was a pilot episode made, and the version I've seen is just like this like demo reel for it. And during this demo reel, and it's not known who who it's who it's being played for. I'm assuming it's for fans because there's a lot of giggling and laughing throughout this entire bit here. Nobody's taking this serious at all. And I can only imagine if this were the executives from Japan, they would have been just like, well, I don't think we're going to give you the rights to this. Um, but very little information has ever come out come out about that. But what has come out is we've had uh, Deku gave us the... Denku Chojin Gridman, which was a Ultraman series, another famous Tokusatsu series. Um, we know it here as in America as Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, Cyber spelled with an S. Um, when they did, they actually redid a uh, Trigger Animate Trigger, which is a popular uh, animation studio here in Japan. I actually did a remake, and they actually did a new show on Gridman. Huh. And. Um, and there's like these four extra people there that are all that are those the it's uh, Gridman it's S S S it's like four S's so S S S S Gridman and the four S's are supposed to be based off the American Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad and a lot of the and there's like these four extra like 
good guy characters that are working with Gridman um, that are all kind of vaguely look like their American counterparts on certain levels. If toned 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 up to craziness a little bit weirder. Um, so we had um, an Ultraman series, which is cool. Um, we also got Saban also decided to figure that Power Rangers worked out so well they came up with a couple others. Um, Saban had VR Troopers, which was a mashup of Space Sheriff Spader, Juku Shenshin uh, Spailbon, and Kokujin Metal Editor. And that all became VR Troopers, which is why none of the VR Troopers ever actually all worked together at any particular point, which I <laughs> found funny. Um, Saban also did the Big Bad Beetleborge, which was a combination of Joku B-Fighter and then B-Fighter Kaputo, which was actually pretty cool. They reused some of those suits for uh, the for the Forever Red episode of uh, Power Rangers. And actually, what's interesting here too is that they will sometimes use Power Ranger bad guys for common Rider stuff as well, and vice versa in some cases. So the suits suit elements get reused fairly frequently if they can. You can only ever make so many bad guys, you know. Well, I mean, when you really consider it from like a Japanese perspective, you've got to make a whole bunch of bad guy costumes on a routine basis that are only ever going to be used like in the sh- in that one show once. once yeah in Kamen Rider at least you get you'll use them like twice for two episodes so you can get a, a little bit more money out of them but in, but again in the Super Sentai you're using them for once per episode you've got to get a lot of mileage out of that out of that um, not and not to mention you're probably going to have like two or three versions of the suit just in case one of them breaks yeah you know because that will happen it has happened before humorously in some cases so, are you ready for your homework? Yes. So, um, and I'll put a link for our for our listeners so they can go online. You'll need to torrent it. Um, I will put a little primer in there on how to do bit torrenting. Um, bit torrenting, if you will, is da- is like downloading a file, um, but where a normal download you might do online for like uh, like let's say you're going to download like a YouTube video as an example, you have to do you have to go from like Assume the entire file is the letters of the alphabet, so A through Z. If you do it through a normal, if you do a normal file, it's you have to go A, B, C, D, E, F. You have to go in order from basically from the very beginning to the end. What BitTorrent does is says, "Okay, I'm going to download A, but then I'm going to go ahead and download G because somebody else has that available. Somebody's going to have K, and then somebody's going to have M, and somebody's going to have." Oh, and oh, look, somebody's got B over here and somebody's got D over here. So basically what BitTorrent does is that people who host the file can offer you different parts of the file. So while you download A from one person, you can be downloading the B person, B part from another person and subsequently. So if there's only five people who actually have the whole file, you can download it five times faster because you're only pulling different parts of it from different people, if that makes sense. Is that, that, is that a good apt way of describing BitTorrenting? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Um, so, you're going to be watching Yu Sentai Kyuru Ranger. The original version of what we know as the Power Rangers here. So, Zio Ranger. Zio Ranger. So, er, so, you get to watch that. So, aren't you lucky? Oh, yes. Um, and then, you're also going to watch Kamen Rider X-Aid. X-Aid is the one where it's video games and doctors in hospitals. Huh. Because I figured you would be the most uh, pertinent one to it. What with you becoming a medical student? Well, not quite. I'm doing the special master's program first, but that will be a 
more or less yeah, a yeah, very direct yeah, route yeah, to medical Technicality. You should say you're a med student. Not, get the girls. It's not... I already have a girlfriend. Okay, get more girls. No! Buy a Ferrari. No! Fine, Alexis. I'm, I, I, like my, I like my Prius. Fine, get a Tesla. Maybe. Buy me a Tesla. I don't care. Maybe. Or there we fine. go. Anyways. Um, so, no, so I gave you some Super Sentai series, and I also gave you some Kamen Rider series. Just watch the... I've only given you the first four episodes of each. It's probably more than enough for you to be able to get an idea of what you're watching at the end of the day. And then we'll come back next week and we'll discuss that, figure out what you liked and what you didn't like of that. There we um, go. And so that's the homework. I had a blast. I've got eight pages worth of notes here at the end of the day. I I spent seven hours yesterday researching all this. I had too much fun researching this in all reality um, to learn about this. And again, you wouldn't think Spider-Man would have an effect on Power Rangers. All, all... This is why Japan is just so interesting. It comes up with some of the most strangest stuff, whereas, like, maybe our weirdest stuff is in comic book movies, but, like, just in our regular TV. Like, we don't really have anything like this. We don't have anything fantastical like this that isn't based off of something that was already made. Well, my... Well, Japan's idea here is that... You know, what I found Japan usually to do here is that we'll give it a try. If it doesn't, you know, if it only hits a small market, then great. It only hit a small market, but that small market is probably going to be pretty passionate about it anyways. So we can, might be able to live off of that. And other shows will be huge, you know, will we'll appeal to everybody. But we don't know what we'll do that first or not. And we're not going to tailor it to try to figure out what it is. We'd rather tell a good story first and hopefully everyone will like it thereafter. Or we'd rather produce a project that people really like, and then eventually hope people, and then hope people will, will fall in love with it. And if we don't, hey, you know what we learned? We th- that cowboys in Japan don't work on their own without something else. So that other people won't do that again. Or if they do do it again, they've got to have a cooler version of it. As we're here in America, we focus we focus test the shit out of everything. There's, you know, there's a, there are two or three pilots for Seinfeld, oh. and Seinfeld was hugely popular. There was a pilot for Friends. How do you need to? Why do you need to sell people on Friends? But you know what? They had to. Well, even then, all of our, all of our TV stuff in the U.S. is primarily based off of more real life stuff, like Friends, Seinfeld, all that, all that stuff is just based off of like real life goings on, and don't, don't. Get me wrong, that stuff's great. Whereas, you know, Japan is much, is I guess somehow is much more free to just make bonkers weird stuff. Well, well I think, what is, why can't we do that out here in the U.S.? Well, look what happened when they did make something really kind of bonkers and unexpected. You got Game of Thrones, which was hugely popular. Oh, no. Something bonkers and weird that isn't already based off of pre-existing material. I want you to point to me. I want you to point a movie to me in which that's happened as of the, in the last decade, with the exception of maybe like Inception and a couple other movies. Well, no, but like no, I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about our television specifically. In general, well, I mean, in, but I point you back to our movies. Our movies, have, in, our movies here in America have been very formulaic. Have had very similar themes, or they're reusing older themes that worked well in the '50s, '60s, and '70s, or in some cases here as of late '80s cartoons, as an example, like. I wasn't asking for a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show, movie. Thank you, um, 
you know, um, Michael Bay, but I didn't need that version of power. I didn't need that version of, of, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And same way, reason I didn't need the Michael Bay version of Power Rangers either, which I actually don't mind that movie. But I have, I have issues with it. But I, but I'm, but I mean, like, again, I mean. You look at more modern movies, nobody's really taking a lot of gambling, not a gamble out there as of late. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Why aren't we? Like, not even necessarily just with movies, but just, like I said, because in the our TV show. almighty dollar. If you're a, so here's an example. Toei, as an example, has multiple franchises they are running at any given time. If you've ever gone to their studio park, which is absolutely amazing, I highly recommend it. Mom went there with me. She didn't know what she was getting into when she got there. She's like, this was awesome. I got to be a samurai. I got to swing. I got to have a Japanese guy show me how to pull out a samurai sword. Freaking awesome. But the studio park itself is built in such a way that you could reuse different stuff for different Japanese historical period pieces. And you just dress it up slightly different. So one road might be a, like, 1918. It might be an 18th century Japanese road. But you could redress it later on, and maybe cut, and maybe sweep away the sand or dirt on it, and add, and add stuff on there. It could be a 16th century Japanese street. There, they have one bridge that literally leads to nowhere. It just leads to a you know, which depending on where you are on the bridge, could be a bridge that goes really, really far, or it could be a really short bridge. But it's been a number of different things. So Toei Studio, if you look at this Toei Studio Park in general, it's so cool. You can film so many things there at once. But what happens here is that. Toei, as an example, can get away with making Super Sentai and Kamen Rider because they have a whole host of other shows that they do. They're the primary backers for One Piece, which is the most popular Japanese anime and manga since Dragon Ball Z. Over a thousand, ep- over a thousand chapters and over 500 plus episodes, episodes that have ever, ever... No, I think we're almost getting up to... No, five, about over 500 some odd episodes almost here. That's specifically why I'm never touching One Piece. Either. Yeah, it's the same reason why I can't touch One Piece either. I read over 200 chapters of it once. I, It's hard to get into. It's really hard to get into because you look at the animation, you look at the style of art, and it's not typical of animation to, uh, that we would know today. Well, I, I don't even even have anything against the art because, I mean, I like Studio Madhouse where they just make super animate like, just particularly expressive and just weird looking stuff, mm-hmm. but it's 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 too much. There's over a thousand episodes. No. Well, with the no. latest well, with the latest virus here, you could theory catch up. No. I know, I know. You shouldn't, but you could. I'm I'm not doing that. Same thing. Reason why I'm not going to watch Naruto or Bleach. I, 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 I will I will admit, if there is a good ver- English dub version of One Piece that comes out. I'll watch all the episodes for it in English. What about four kids? Again, a good English dub. <laughs> but again, I mean, but back to our original discussion here. Like, you ask why we can't have great stuff, we can't have fun stuff like that. Toei, which is the company that produces all these weird, fantastical shows, also produces about a dozen other sh- TV shows as well. So, if, for example, Zia, uh, the new Common Rider show is not that popular. That's okay. They have other shows to kind of back up where that revenue would be would be coming from. Versus here in the states, you know, like if you you know you don't you might have NBC flitting the bill for this one show, but it's but if you remember how 
You remember how, like, Two and a Half Men was always produced by, like, Hugh Laurie? Yeah. Well, no, and he makes a whole bunch of... Well, but, yeah. Not Hugh, or is that the same guy? Am I thinking the right guy? I don't think it's Hugh Laurie. No, no, Hugh Laurie's the... Hugh Laurie's house. It's okay. See, yeah, okay, I was wrong. But you know how, like, the guy who does yeah. Two and no, a Half no, no, Men? Yeah. He only ever does, like, two shows at a time, really. And then after he got done with doing Two and a Half Men, he... he where he already had started um, Big Bang Theory, he primarily focused on Big Bang Theory and maybe one other show if one of those shows doesn't go well and it ends he's only got the one show to fall back on then at that point so he's a lucky in that particular case because some shows don't get that option they just have the one show they're doing with one backer on it so they don't really have the option to do multiple shows at once they have to they have to do the one show and it has to hit the broadest audience to be able to make its money back at the end of the day and so where Toei and others I think other studios in Japan have the ability to do kind of do that kind of stuff, they have that ability. Trigger is, when you get to anime, though, um, I think Japanese just have a much better handle on what you can do with Japanese animation, and there are so many animation studios in Japan that each one of them could only be working on two or three shows at a time, but you get some studios that do work on three three or four different shows at a time. The studio that, again, like I said, Toei is an example, which primarily funds One Piece, also does like two or three other anime long-running anime series as well. They have this uh, Pretty Girl series. Um, Pretty Cure is the, the name of the series. They have a long-running version of this. I took pictures of all their main female char- lead characters. Guess how many of them have pink and blonde hair? An awful goddamn fucking lot of them. Hmm. Despite the fact, obviously, that Japanese people primarily prefer black, have black hair and brown hair. And having blonde hair in, in Japanese is kind of a little bit of a, like, a oh, wow, sort of moment. Not common. Mom, mom and me. Mom got a lot of looks for her hair a lot of the time, and I got a lot of looks. Which was like, "Ooh, that's a big guy." But we both got. A, but we we're also just very tall, so we stand out in a crowd very easily. Um, I also made a point of wearing brightly. I also tried to try to bring a lot of my bright color shirts. Japan is a country of a lot of whites, browns, and navies and blacks. Not a lot of very colored shirts, and not a lot of collarbones either. Women women love to have like this element where like this is entire like legs top, but then like solid underneath, so you can't actually physically see the cro- the the collarbone very easily. Not a lot of tank tops at all either. So like, gotcha. in, in public at least that we saw. But I think Japan is also just more with understanding that if this doesn't work, that's fine. We'll go on to something else. Look at um, one. Look at jump. Jump Magazine. It's made up of almost, it's made up of any given time anywhere from fifteen to twenty different long-running manga series at any given time, and they will replace. You know, if one manga doesn't do well, that's okay. They'll replace it with something else down the line, because they have show because they have titles like One Piece and Ultra and um, and uh, My Hero Academia and other shows right now that are so long-running that it doesn't matter if one or two show things fail. They have backups that will be consistent and they know we'll, we'll still have fans we'll still be able to make them money at the day so they have the ability to experiment and try new stuff all the time and so we don't have that here in America we, you know you have you might have like a major studio like let's say Warner Brothers as an example they may, they'll may put out probably you know eight or nine movies in a year probably right but when you look at their volume of the movies that they put out they all have also these smaller elements to them as well you know because 
So like Toei's an example might be funding One Piece, but they're not the sole backers of One Piece. Jump is doing a lot of that too. Um, but Warner Brothers might have, you know, oh, with this studio and, you know, from, from you know, Columbia TriStar Pictures, you know, or all these other different little elements. Like you have... Um, well, here, let's, let's skip back to our original why topic. why Why can't America do fun, do cool, fantastical shows? Yeah. Because you at the end of the day, when you go to make a movie or a TV show, you got to hit a broader range audience here in America because... You, if you don't, if you don't hit it big once, you'll never get a second chance to make it big again. And you always have, and most studios can't afford to produce multiple series at once. The exception of this might be Disney at this point, where Disney has enough money to go to go f themselves at this point. They have f u money up the wazoo, so they can make try to make creative shows like Shield and and Marvel movies and stuff like that. Like The Mandalorian was kind of like it was not expected. It was was kind of expected to do well. It did amazingly well. It sold a lot of people on the Disney Plus network. And Netflix has done a good job of trying to shepherd different shows as well, so you could be a little bit more creative. What it really will take here in America to get to being able to have creative TV shows and creative stuff that really tries to pull, push the element here is going to be a company that has enough money to be able to say, if this is a failure, it's okay. I have other things I'm making money off of. And that's not very common enough here in America yet to be able to do that. Hmm. Um, and that, and that's my logic. And that, at least that's my logic for it. I think Japan's also just more or less willing to try different stuff and have a body of wealth to give stuff on. Um, because a lot of Japan is all based off of the most senior people in the room, what they understand to be good. And usually there's a bit of a committee element to it as well. That's what's... Um, the most, not necessarily the most popular thing in the room, but this committee of body thinks this will work well. Versus in, you know, and if it doesn't work well, okay, that's fine, but we thought it would work well. Our our logic and body of wealth is like that. As we're here in America, you have any number of studio executives and owners that you have to kind of cater to to get your project going through, and if it's not the most ultimate success, you've got a lot of explaining to do at the end of the day, and probably there was a lot of money behind it. As we're getting, getting to remember, in, Jap in Japan, though, do you know how much money it costs to make a manga? Not that much. Huh. In manga, you could probably, if you, get, if you can, you could probably make a manga for about, you know, two or three hundred dollars. This is after you buy, buy all the equipment and you have the tools in front of you. It doesn't cost that much to make, you know, a 22-page manga at the end of the day. Now, if you want to print that, that's a completely different matter. But if you're going to sell it, but in Japan, you know how much the common chapter of a manga gets sold for? I have a little over nine hundred to a thousand dollars for a newbie. Hmm. So it's nine hundred to a thousand dollars a week, and that's before you pay assistance and rent on wherever it is you're doing your work from, and of course the the necessary materials you need to do it too, and before inspiration and stuff like that as well. Um, but if you're more popular, like, but if you've been a long-lasting sort of thing, you might get paid more money for it. So I believe the guy who does One Piece here probably gets somewhere in the neighborhood of about, um, I think around 2000 about 150 or, excuse me, about, I think, 1500 to $2,000 per every chapter of One Piece at the end of the day. So he's making about $100,000 a year, if not a little bit more. Ah, damn. But keep in mind, he doesn't own his characters at the end of the day. Oh. Um, but he gets paid an awful lot of money to be supervisors on the a script supervisor for the anime at the end of the day. 
because it's his story originally. I think that he gets a lot of money. He gets a fair amount of money to do that. He also gets a fair amount of money to create new material for video games, side stories, other stuff like that. So he may not own his characters outright because Jump's the initial one that owns those characters, much the same way like Marvel really does own Spider-Man, not Stan Lee. Um, he has alternative ways to make more money at the end of the day by doing additional stuff. And, he, and if you're famous enough, what you can end up doing is you might be able to say, oh, well, I'll do the cover for a book. Akira Toriyama, who did... Um, Dragon famous, Ball Z. Famously did Dragon Ball Z at the end of the day. Um, he did the box art and some of the sprite in some of the animations for um, what we know here in the West as uh, Dragon Hunter. Or not, not Dragon um Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. There we go. And Chrono Trigger. And Chrono Trigger, too. And But again, keep in mind, he just did the box art for that, not the sprite animation or anything elements of that, and sold the artwork for that. And so he was able to sell his own artwork as as a secondary me- a means of, of getting money at the end of the day. Because back, back in the day, Dragon Ball didn't have the option of video games and stuff like that. Um, and he, he might also have like, drawn box art for other games and Stuff, or comics as well, or one-off shots, but not common. We can talk about more about this next week after we watch some uh, some Sentai shows and some Tokusatsu series. Yeah. So, on behalf of myself, we're going to put all the show notes on our website at nerdtutorialpodcast.com. I'm also going to put the links to um, the torrent site where you can go visit that, as well as a short little primer on how to do torrenting, um, as well as a couple other things we talked about here as well, including the creepy Sailor Moon... <laughs> Which reminds me, I have to show you a uh, creepy uh, card capture Sakura at some point too, and the Japanese uh, power, uh, the Japanese uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I do recall. I I may have actually shown those to you already too. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I've I've encountered those on my own. No, oh. I, I do sort of take that just in concept. They were all toy commercials at the end of the day. You do realize that. Oh yeah. Well, so. okay. One. You know, honestly, another topic for another day might just be Japanese interpretations of originally American properties, say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Powerpuff Girls. I'd be happy to do that with you if you're interested. By the way, Japanese Powerpuff Girls, super weird, but really cool. Yeah, I I recall, honestly, when I first watched it the first time through, it's like, you know, I don't hate this. transformation scene, and it is very funny. Um... So again, we'll have all the show notes on our website at nerdtutorialpodcast.com. We can continue the conversation at at facebook.com forward slash nerdtutorialpodcast. And then if you have any ideas, comments, questions, or uh, future ideas for topics, you can hit me up on nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter, and we can continue this conversation there as well. But on behalf of myself and my little brother here, we'll see you guys again again next time. Toodaloo.